0: Kawhi Leonard is going to join the Clippers. Kawhi turns the corner for the win...
1: Yo, what's going on everybody? Welcome to another episode and edition of Clip and Roll. I am your host, Justin Russo. Joining me as always is Tomara Azarly of Clutch Points. tomara what's going on, big dog? What you been up to? How you doing? How's everything going?
0: I'm doing alright. Since we last talked, uh been a few things going around in the NBA. Uh, I, I found how to live life without the double barrels. And um, I wa- what movie did I watch the other day? Oh, I watched Nobody with uh, Bob Odenkirk in it. So, that was so did I!
1: You watched it when? I watched it. uh, I'm trying to think. Was it Monday? I think I might have watched it Monday or Tuesday.
0: Okay, I watched my. I watched it on Wednesday. Okay. Very random, but yeah, very pretty good. I, I, I did not know where to go, what to expect going into that one. That was pretty fun. So, I, I was fun as well. Uh, other than that, there has not been too much else going on for me. Oh, I did visit my best friend. To see his newborn, which was fun. Babies are always cool until they start crying and they just want to get out of there. But uh, yeah, that's it for me.
1: Wow, you're just living the life right now, watching Bob Odenkirk movies and going to see children.
0: I mean, <laughs> what about you? Did you do anything fun, or are you just you just kicking back, being miserable on COD?
1: You already know. Like you already like you already know what the deal is. Like you already know I'm miserable on Call of Duty. I I I'm sleep, I'm sleeping. I I honestly feel like my body since I've been on this uh this road trip, my body has caught up on so much sleep that I'm probably going to be up for 36 hours pretty soon because I just have gotten too much sleep.
0: <laughs> Not great, but um You'll figure it out once you get back in town. I'm sure.
1: I mean, the 24 hour donut spot in town is really uh, keeping me. No,
0: buddy, in, in you the... got to Oh, stay away from this, buddy. You're falling in the good
1: graces. Keep... <laughs> I'm seeing heaven. I'm seeing My heaven. My man's just opening up a tab He said I'm
0: opening up a tab over there. Okay.
1: Yeah, I mean, I started to get free stuff from them. Like when I go there, they give me something free every time.
0: That's that's a sign that you're there maybe a little too often. But hey, if you're getting free stuff, I'm never going to be against that. So,
1: right, right. I'm so I'm a quality customer. I never complain. I'm always polite. I'm very <laughs> generous tipping. They give me <laughs> free thing. Listen, I'm the this goat, Clippers baby. I'm podcast
0: is turned into you justifying why you're the greatest customer on earth to <laughs> Do a donut shop.
1: <laughs> I mean, listen. Listen, if you don't, if you don't prop yourself up and give yourself, you know, kudos sometimes who who else is going to do it. You know what I mean? So, but you know, who needs kudos in all seriousness, the LA Clippers baby. Cause the last time we talked, they had that heartbreaking loss in Denver, in the mile high city. And it was like, wow, that's not a great way to start an eight game eight game road trip. And their next game was going to be against the Philadelphia 76ers, you know, obviously also on the road. And we were kind of wondering how they would respond. Well, for the first, eh, 30 minutes of that game, they didn't really respond that well, and they were down by 24 with seven minutes to go in the third quarter, and then Tomer, something crazy happened. A Doc Rivers team blew a large double-digit lead in the second half, and this time the Clippers actually benefited.
0: I'll tell you what, the first time I've ever seen a Doc Rivers team collapse like that.
1: might be the first time I've seen the Clippers benefit from a Doc Rivers team collapsing. <laughs> that's
0: just... It was unbelievable. Unbelievable. But, uh, I mean, welcome. It was very welcome considering how tough that road trip got started with a loss in Denver after coming back from, uh, not coming back from, after uh, fighting to, to get into overtime. Um, so, definitely a welcome win. Um, I, I was say surprising. The Clippers really went with uh, Nick Batum guarding Joel Embiid at times and having, uh, who was Zoo guarding? Someone on the perimeter, I want to say. Uh, was it? George Niang, I don't remember, but it was anyway, George
1: Niang and Charlie Brown Jr.
0: Yeah, there you go. So like they they made it work and they they came out with a win. I just uh, probably I, I think if there was a game I had penned, that was probably a guaranteed loss to me because Embiid had been six and zero against the Clippers in his career. He'd been averaging I want to say close to thirty five points a game against them, maybe thirty three, and uh, it just when he played it wasn't close. So when he played, they, he dominated them. Uh, I mean, he still dominated them, but they just lost the Sixers. did So uh, definitely welcome. I, I'll take that one.
1: Yeah. And had 40 points, 13 rebounds, six assists, and the Clippers beat him, beat them, I should say, but beat him mostly. Um, Reggie Jackson led the way with 19 and he scored 11 of those 19 in the second half. Marcus Morris hits a massive three to tie the game late on a Nick Batum tip out offensive rebound directly to him. It's a a massive play in the game, obviously, because they go on to win. Amir Coffee drops 10 in the second half. Tomer, I cannot believe they actually won this game. The Philly game? I mean,
0: (laughs) yeah, there's really not much to take away from. Well, I mean, there is a lot to take away from it, but it was so, it looked so bleak for so long. And even though it was a Dockers team, you're still like, all right, well, Joel Embiid is an unstoppable force. He's going to get his, and eventually he'll kind of just, you know, take over the game. And that simply did not happen. I think, um, uh, honestly, there's been so many comebacks. I'm trying hard to remember the Sixers game because I remember very vividly the Wizards game and the Nuggets home game. But the Sixers game, I just I, I can't remember how quickly they collapsed. Like I remember Zoo went up, and I think he got blocked by Embiid the fourth quarter. It was a big moment. And then he came back, and he had two big buckets down the stretch. I think he had a dunk there. And then he had to lay up over Embiid for the lead. Uh the two Marcus free throws that he missed. Yeah, that was he missed two free throws that I was like, Oh, this is it. Five seconds left, Philly gets the ball. This is where they lose it, and they somehow were able to hold on. Maxy took a, a quick jumper and a quick floater, running floater and it and it missed. So um you know, after losing the Denver game again on on the first game of your road trip, uh we said I mean I think you, you said this, but we talked about how that's the kind of thing that could either, you know, be a positive loss where it sparks you in the road trip or it can be just so, so deflating that it kind of sets the tone for the rest of your road trip. And it's done the former where it's just allowed them to continue to play confident, continue to feel like they're in it no matter what, and run off what, three games out of the last five, I want to say, on the road trip.
1: Uh, Yeah. Well, three out of the last four in particular. So,
0: Yeah. They lost that damn New York game. Yeah. But it three, three big wins, I would say um That they really needed to have, you know. I I said they needed three to go three and five on this road trip in order to make it a success. They're three and two so far. They've already got three wins, so, um, you know, the more the merrier. Keep pouring it
1: on. It's crazy because like the Philly game, yeah, they were down twenty four, but even with two twenty to go in the third quarter, with two minutes and twenty seconds to go in the third, they were still down by sixteen, and mb and was on the floor, and it was a Hartenstein and one. Terrence gets fouled and makes two free throws. All of a sudden it's down to 11. Um, and then by the end of the quarter, Amir coffee hits that corner three and it's down to 10. And then they just start chipping away early in the fourth. Luke makes a three. Luke makes another three. It's four. Um, they keep it kind of there to where they're in striking distance. And then with four twenty to go, Reggie hits a three to make it a three point game. Um, Batum makes a three to make it a two-point game. Zoo gets that massive dunk to make it a three-point game. They kept, like, every time Philadelphia kept answering, because they're up, because Philadelphia's up two with three minutes to go, and Embiid hits a three to put them up five. And that felt so deflating in the moment. And then Zubot's dunk. Marcus game tie-in three. Zubot's layup after Batum forces a steal on Embiid. Um, Amir makes the little two-foot, or I'm sorry, the, the, the little jumper from eight feet. To put them up by three with like forty seconds to go, um, Reggie's at the line. They're up three, and B gets the dunk. They're up one, and then Marcus misses both free throws. And at the time that Marcus missed both free throws, both teams are out of timeouts. And if you if you were going to miss a free throw, in theory, you, when when teams are without timeouts, you would want it to be the second free throw so that the clock starts on the rebound. Rather than giving right. them a cold start on the inbound, what changed the game was that Reggie Jackson knifes in on the second free throw to tip the ball and it goes on the floor and it wasted four seconds. It turned like nine seconds into five. And by the time that Philly has the ball to inbound, they have to go the full length of the floor in five seconds. And Maxi throws up, you know, a floater that basically wedgied and the clippers won the game it, it it felt so surreal and you and i talked after the game we're like well now they just need to win the next game because you need to build off of that and they go into the next game and they don't look good they they were in it but they never felt like they were actually able to you know really be in it and they end up losing 110-102 and I guess if there's a game on the road trip that you're just like, like, eh, whatever, it would be the afternoon, the, the early afternoon, 10 a.m. one, wouldn't it?
0: I mean, I actually thought the opposite. Most players look to play in the garden their whole careers. When they get in the NBA, they talk about playing in the garden. So I thought they'd come out and show out. And instead we had uh, uh, Reggie played okay, I want to say. But I think, you know, Nico struggled to shoot the ball. Marcus is over 9 in that game, so. Um, it kind of was the exact opposite of what you would have expected um, in terms of kind of guys coming out in a New York in a New York game and and showing out. But uh, again, another game you really would have liked to have. I think losing the New York game was was tough, but it's made easier by the fact that you won your next two games. So uh, and won three out of four in total from, from, from that trip so far. So it's not wasn't a great loss uh, considering. How poor New York was playing coming into it, how some of their guys kind of got going. And we talked about Julius Randle uh was shooting pretty poorly on mid-range shots. And I think he started the game like four or five on mid-range jumpers, is what you said. So um didn't want to lose that game, but again, when you look at the rest of it, um you can live with it. it's all right.
1: Yeah, uh RJ Barrett dropped 28. Uh Ty Lue after the game said he didn't like the defense on Barrett. Like, even though Barrett only shot 37.5%. He felt that the team let RJ, who is left-handed, get to his left hand way too easily, and that's something that can't happen. Uh, Julius made three threes. He'd been shooting pretty poorly on threes all year and jumpers, as you mentioned. He started making his jumpers in this game. The only Clipper who really stepped up, as you mentioned, was Reggie Jackson. I guess, you know, it's kind of fitting, I guess, big government shows up in the Big Apple, but he had 26 and no one else really got going. Uh, Zoo had 17 and 14 which is great. It's just that no one else really made their impact felt. Um, And it's a tough loss. They missed 10 free throws, which is bad. They missed, they missed 10 of their 30 free throw attempts. And then that can't happen. Um, New York killed them on second chance opportunities. And the Knicks shot a little bit better from the free throw line than they normally do, but it is what it is. You, you move on, you, you roll to the next game. And in the next game, uh, it looked like everything that had been built in the second half of that Philly game had really come unraveled. And it was like the Knicks loss really weighed on them. They're in the nation's capital. They're in Washington, D.C. And I don't know how else to explain it other than the simple fact in the first six minutes of this game, Washington outscored them 16 to two. It took almost seven minutes for the Clippers to even make a shot. By the time you looked up, they were, they were down 19 to four and they had like, there was no, mo- there was no momentum on their side. They cut the deficit down to, I want to say seven at one point in the end of the first. And then it just got, we're like, yeah, they cut it down to seven. It was 30 to 23 Washington. You blinked and then looked up and the score was 60 to 27. Washington went on a 30 to four run and I mean, yeah, like that's all that's all you can do. You can just laugh at it. I mean, from the time, I mean, if you really want to get the whole scope of it from, from when it was 30 to 23, Washington ended up going on a 36 to eight run. Just
0: absurd. Just absurd.
1: And they're up by 35. They're up by 35. A minute to go in the second quarter. They're up by 35. It felt like that Dallas game last regular season. You remember
0: that? Uh, you mean the one I left at halftime, or the one that never existed? That one? Yeah. Yeah that
1: I that's remember. that's the one. Yeah, that's that was exactly the what it felt
0: only like. game I left. By the way, the only game in my year career that I left early. There were no fans. It was like an afternoon Saturday game, and I was like, ah, "Buddy, this ain't it. <laughs> this is not it." <laughs> but yeah, it it felt similar to that that Washington game where. They scored 31, 36 points in the first half. Um, they scored 13 points in the second quarter of that game, I believe, against Washington. And it just looked like – like, I didn't think they were going to lose by 30. Like, I thought they, they'd make one of those, you know, kind of kind come back, make it respectable 10-15. But, boy, when it got to 35, I was just like, man, this is – y'all going out bad. <laughs> like, like, it was, it looked really bad. And then – um. And then that second after, I mean, even Ty Lue told us post game. He said he, he remembers looking up at the uh, at the scoreboard in the first half and going, "Oh, we're down 19." And then he did a double take and looked up and he goes, "Yo, Bichao, we're down 29." And Brian was like, "Yeah, we're down 29." Um, it it just happened so fast. It kind of that was just an avalanche by by Washington. Um, I don't think the Clippers were were like. I think they got decent shots. They kind of just weren't making anything. Uh, they weren't able to stop anything that Washington was doing either. So, um, wasn't pretty. Wasn't pretty of a first half, but uh, just like they did multiple times before, uh, they started tripping away in that third quarter. I think they got it all the way down to, I want to say, seventeen by the end of the quarter. I think it was ninety-three to seventy or eighty-three to. I want to say ninety-three seventy-six. I might be wrong about that though. Um, no, I am wrong about that. Yeah, I'm very wrong about that. Anyway, it was 17-point. I know there was 17-point deficit entering the fourth quarter. And, um, you know, essentially half of that big 35-point lead was gone. Uh, but still, 17 points to make up an entire quarter was it's a lot. It's a lot to ask your team to continue to do after doing it in the beginning. So um, I didn't really think they could do it. I, I thought it was going to be one of those – I don't, kind of one of those fake comebacks where, where you get really close maybe within five, six, seven, eight. Uh, but you're kind of unable to complete it. Washington has the, the superstar Bradley Beal, who, you know, is their closer. Um, Montrose Hill started kind of doing some, you know, taking some charges and, and doing what he does well. And that was just like, ah, oh, all right, you know what? This is where they kind of just grab a hold of it. Cause they're not gonna blow a 35 point lead. I, I never thought they were going to actually blow that lead. And then um, slowly, but surely uh, a few kind of calls and 50, 50 balls went the Clippers way. And uh yeah, they 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 somehow they somehow pulled out one of the craziest games that I've ever seen. I mean, I I was I was trying not to get too super invested in it in the second half because I was like it's just there's no way they're going to come back to 35. And then it's like, oh, oh, oh. Oh, and then, you know, and then you know what happened. So,
1: it's not that they were just down by 35 either. Like they're down by 24 with two minutes to go in the third. So you have to make up, it's, that's a lot different. So like the whole thing is time, right? Like, like you're, you're not even playing against the scoreboard at a certain point, you're playing against time. There's only a certain amount of time left in the game. And when you're down by 35 with 25 minutes to go, when you end up looking at that, you essentially just have to make up about a point and a half every minute. When you get down by 24 with 13 minutes to go, or, or excuse me, with 14 minutes to go, you have to make up almost two points a minute to come back and win that game.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And that comeback starts down by 24. We're going to start it from the 24. Two Amir coffee free throws. Now, by the way, when they're down by 24, Washington has the ball. Washington has the ball and turns it over, which sounds crazy. Because when they were down by 35, Washington also had the ball. So the largest lead that Washington had was 35. And the Wizards had the ball with a 35-point lead. So it wasn't like the Clippers got down by 35, made a shot. That's not what happened. Washington had possession. When you come back and you're down by 24, and Washington has the ball again, and they turn it over, Amir Coffey gets two free throws. There's a missed shot. Brandon Boston gets two free throws. Bradley Beale makes a shot, but then Terrence makes a layup. There's a Terrence three, and there's an Amir layup off of another turnover. And you're down 17, as you said, 70, uh 93, 76 going to the fourth. You're oh, starting what's to that? Think... Oh, I was right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I know, I know. This is the first time in your life you've ever been right. I know it's shocking. I, I thought for sure that was way too high, but yeah, okay. There you go. <laughs> um All you need. And we, and the players mentioned this after the game, specifically Amir is that it's basically brick by brick. Like you, you try, you play in 60 to 90 second spurts of like, all right, just outscore him four nothing here. Or, you know, six, two here. Like, like it's little, it's little bursts. And eventually it becomes a game again. Well, they start the, th- the fourth quarter, Luke Kennard jumper Jay scrub three. It's down to 12. Harden There's a Montrezl Harrell free throw. He splits free throws. Then it's a Hartenstein layup Jay scrub and one all of a sudden nine 30 to go in the fourth. You're down eight. And here's the funny thing. If you're down eight with nine and a half minutes to go, that's a ball game. That happens every night in the NBA. Cause at that point you're not down by 35 anymore. You just have to win the next nine minutes and give credit to Washington a little bit here. Cause it seemed like every Clippers run, got answered by a Washington burst. Bradley Beal was making shots. Montrose Harrell was making free throws. KCP with five and a half to, or with uh, just under six minutes to go, gets to the free throw line. And all of a sudden, five minutes to go, Washington's up 11. But then they foul Luke Kennard on a three. He makes all three shots. KCP then hits a three, and that felt like a dagger. But four and a half minutes to go, they're down 11. A mere layup, a mere three. Two Hartenstein free throws, Terrence man jumper. It's a two-point game with two two 2.45 to go. And then it gets kind of crazy. Bradley Beal and one, which felt like one of the most incredible plays because it, it felt so momentum-changing, you know? Then, Amir jumper, the Clippers get a run out, down three, a minute 45 to go, Montres Harrell chases down Amir Coffey, blocks Amir Coffey. Bradley Beal comes down and hits a three. It's a six-point game with one eighteen to go, and it did not seem at all optimistic. KCP makes a dunk. It's an eight-point game. It's an eight-point game, Homer, with 35 seconds to go. This game is done. It's over. And then do you know what play changed everything? Montres Harrell for some reason, decides to commit a take foul in the backcourt, wasting only two seconds. And it sent Terrence man to the line where he made both free throws, turned it into a six-point game. Trez splits free throws, a mere coffee dunk. It's a five-point game. Kuzma splits free throws. Clippers call a timeout with 10 seconds to go. They're down six. They're out of timeouts at this point after calling that last one. And Tomer, I, I, I want to stop it here because I know this is like almost like an oral history of that game because the comeback is so insane. But at that point, did you think there was a chance be considering time score, timeout situation, et cetera?
0: Uh, no. No. No.
1: Th- that was no, the most no sincere no. and stern no I've ever heard in my life. I
0: mean, no. like I, I At no point did I think they were going to complete that. They they got close and I was like all right they're they're gonna make it respectable but I was like they're they're not they're not winning this, um and earlier you said uh, give credit to Washington I'm no I'm doing no such thing they blew a thirty five point lead okay, with the that's ball fair. I am doing that's fair. no such thing they deserve zero credit they could have made the thirty eight point or maybe even a four point play as we saw late in that game could have made a thirty nine point game and instead they just blew it. So, uh for me they're getting zero, zero credit um that's fair, yeah, I never thought they were gonna win that game, but I did think that they um uh, yeah, I just thought they'd make it respectable and uh slowly but surely they uh they 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 got close enough and um and then we know what happened it was uh it was it was pretty pretty incredible to watch um obviously the last two minute report said what it said, but uh the 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 Clippers did what they did, and when you, when you battle back and you, you you kind of compete. Uh, I think you get the benefit of the doubt, and uh, that's clearly what happened, uh, with the final minute of that Wizards game.
1: So they're down six, ten seconds to go, side out. Winslow throws the ball in to Luke Kennard, who unfurls. I mean, officially in the box score, it's thirty two feet, but on Clippers court vision, it came in at thirty five feet. And he unfurls this, this three, nothing but net. And it's a three point game. You mentioned the last two minute report. The last two minute report said justice Winslow should have been called for a five second violation. Um, I stopwatched it. It was 5.4 seconds from the time Winslow received the ball till it left his hand. So it should have been a five second violation. However, that's also on the referee standing right there as he goes to inbound because he was motioning way too slow with his arm. So that's on the referee literally standing right there. It's a three-point game. Washington calls their final timeout. Primarily because they couldn't inbound the ball. And Washington's had trouble all year inbounding the ball in situations like this. So they called the timeout because they almost got a five-second violation. They moved the ball to center court. And guess what happens? Five-second violation. They couldn't inbound the ball. So the Clippers have a shot now. Down three, eight seconds to go. Ball gets inbounded to Justice Winslow. Washington has ample time, ample time to foul this man and goes out of their way to not grab him, which is one of the most asinine and boneheaded decisions a team has ever made at the end of a game, considering the comeback the other team was in in the midst of. Okay, Winslow is then able to hand the ball off to Luke Kennard, who curls off to the top of the arc and rather than grab Luke Kennard. Bradley Beal does this little slap box thing where, like, he thinks it's going to get the foul called on the floor. And according to the last two-minute report, the foul should have been called on the floor, but the motion he gave and the effort he gave was pretty disgraceful on his part. So I understand why it didn't get called. Luke Kennard's able to go up into a shot motion. Beal hits him on the arm. Kennard drills the three as the foul is called. And then he makes the free throw, and and the game's over. The game's over. So Washington literally blew a 35 point lead near the end of the first half, a 30 point second half lead coming out of halftime, a 24 point lead or whatever the hell it was towards the end of the, of the of this third quarter, an 11 point lead with like a minute and a half to go and an eight point lead with 30 seconds to go and the coup de gras. A six-point lead with 10 seconds. I don't know how you lose that game on a regulation if you're Washington, but it's pretty damn disgraceful. They should be ashamed of themselves. And the Clippers went running out of the building like they just stole one because, quite frankly, they did.
0: I mean, I don't know what else to say about this game. Like, Washington just was the worst. Like, that game, that collapse was so bad. That, that, That collapse was so bad that Bradley Beal was fielding trade questions after the game do you want to be here? Do you consider your future after a loss like this? Like that loss was that bad. (laughs) And he was just like, I I don't know. (laughs) I mean, to that question, he said, uh, you know, we have conversations with the GM, but when asked to, you know, what he thought about the loss, like, how do you explain that? He said, I sat in front of my locker for like 10, 15 minutes and I couldn't come up with any words. He's like, all I have is embarrassing.
1: The Clippers led for 1.9 seconds. (laughs) 1.9 One.9 <laughs> The most important 1.9 in the game. If you're watching, I don't know what I don't know what the hell y- you do here, because I mean, you could chalk some of this up as to like, you know, shit happens, I guess, but my God, man, like we didn't even talk about the biggest thing, by the way. The biggest thing is in the second half coming out of halftime, Ty Lude completely changed the starting lineup. Reggie Jackson. Nico Batum, and Iviza Zubats did not play at all in the second half. They started the game, did not play at all in the second half. Instead, it was Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Isaiah Hartenstein, and I want to say starting the third quarter was... Was it Justice? Oh, Bledsoe. Bledsoe. I think it
0: was yeah, Bledsoe. There you go.
1: Bledsoe. And Bledsoe played the first 6.45 of the third quarter and then didn't play the rest of the half. So going down the stretch of this game... It was a five. Man, it was a seven-man rotation. Excuse me. It was a, it was a seven-man rotation for Ty Lue, which was Amir Coffey, Terrence Mann, Luke Kennard, Isaiah Hartenstein, Justice Winslow, Brandon Boston Jr., and Jay Scrub. You are literally playing two, two like the, the group of guys that played. Those seven guys combined salary this year is like twenty-four million dollars, and it's only that high because Luke Kennard makes thirteen. Okay, like they literally did this with, with guys who were, who are just not being paid much. And they came back from down 35 and just scored 80 points in the second half. Amir coffee had a career high, 29, 22 in the second half. Luke Kennard had 20 points in the second half, 25 for the game. Like if you're Washington, I don't know how you look at yourselves in the mirror after this one. Like it, it was literally that bad. Like it's a good I, thing I they have three Brody days off good. before their next game. Yeah, and good luck to them, because they get Memphis and then Milwaukee, then Philly, then Phoenix and Miami and Brooklyn. Good luck to them. They're going to need it, because that was pretty pitiful. And the Clippers had to follow that up by going into Orlando on Wednesday night. And this is tricky, because Orlando's not good, obviously. But you just had that high after having the second largest comeback in NBA history. And now have to go on the road the next night to play a poor team where you could easily lower your guard. And the Clippers kind of did that because they get by about the midway part of the second quarter. They're down by 14 and they don't look good. But then the Clippers actually started to take the game seriously. They end up winning 111-102. Luke Kennard has another nice night. Amir Coffey, another good night. The reason I bring up this game specifically is to simply talk about the, the performance of Justice Winslow. Justice Winslow played the entire fourth quarter. Uh, he had seven points, uh, all from free throws, seven points, seven rebounds, two assists, two steals, just in the fourth quarter. Um, Justice has a really weird role on the team because like, you don't know like when he's actually going to get his minutes and stuff like that, what his role might be. But there, there's been an actual stretch from him recently where he's looked way more comfortable than he did before the year, right?
0: Winslow, absolutely, yeah. He's...
1: Um... I think he's, I think
0: everyone has to remember the key is coming off. Like he was coming off a, a pretty serious hip injury that he had last year. that kind of held him out for, I would say much of the season. I don't think he played that much with Memphis, maybe like 15, 20 games. Um, and so, uh, and then you come into a new system and then you come into a rotation that's pretty much set without you. And uh, you kind of just try to, you know, when you get in, you try not to step on everyone's toes. You kind of just try to, Contribute when you can and then do what you can, but um, the yeah, there I, I would say there was no role. I mean, there were, there were times where we talked at the beginning of the year and we said, you know, Justice is out of the rotation. Like, is there's no role for him right now, and um, I think, I th- I mean, I really want to say that kind of everyone going into COVID protocols, kind of just um, yeah. Well, Isaiah's ankle injury plus Zoo going to COVID protocol. Um, kind of allowed the Clippers to 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 well they were forced to use a small ball center lineup for the backup, and they kind of just went with Justice and Justice worked for them. Um, Justice looked really good as a small ball five. He did look really good against uh, Orlando and Washington. Um, it, it's just a unique, unique skill set he has where he's kind of got the build where he's not super easy to back down. Um, uh, you know, as as an opponent. Um, he's, he's got the ability to dribble and push in transition, and kind of uh, you've seen him show a bit of more of the versatility offensively and uh, in the transition, driving to the basket, creating, uh, which isn't easy for a defender to try and stop when you're guarding, you know, when that guy, when that, when that guy you're playing as is a four or five. So uh, I think the biggest thing is what did he go? Seven of seven from the free throw line against uh, the Magic in the fourth quarter, which was um, massive considering he went. Uh, he had that 0 of 2 game against the Thunder, which Shea hit the game winner. Um, you know, if one of those free throws would have resulted in a tie, two would have meant they had a four-point lead, and the game was essentially over. Um, and he missed those two, and people kind of, you know, we were kind of like, why would you even put justice in that position? And so, you know, he had back-to-back games. We had a huge fourth quarter, like you said, against Orlando. He he was the guy who dribbled up and, and, and kind of handed off to Luke Kennard for that four-point play. So um, he's been huge. He's been huge. He's just his his small ball five contributions have been have been massive, and I think a bit of it g- goes more beyond just the box score. Um, it it shows in the box score, but I think just having the abil- having the guy who can do that at the five position is uh, is unique. Um, and I think he's he's like a poor man's Nico in a sense because, but he does different things at the small ball five because Nico is more of a you know, defender can kind of slash and, and uh, defensively is just a disruptor. I don't know. I don't know if Winslow is that much of a disruptor defensively, but he he definitely is the guy who can create more havoc offensively. That's a small ball five. So uh, different skill sets, but also can be, can be, can be used in similar ways. Um, But again, just another weapon that Tyloo can kind of try to figure out how to use as they kind of try to make the playoffs uh, this season. There's, if, if Kawhi and PG don't return, if they do, who knows? But th- there's a role for Winslow on this team um, depending on matchups. I think we saw that last year with, with guys being benched and guys being put in the starting lineup. So, uh, and Tyler isn't afraid to do it. So uh, there's definitely a role there. Just kind of you know, figure out how, how it works best. Um, but Winslow's been fantastic.
1: Marcus Morris Sr. missed the game in Washington and the game in Orlando due to personal reasons. Yeah. Um... We'll talk more about that in a little bit. But the reason I mentioning that is because they win those two games without Marcus. And in those two games, Reggie Jackson was a combined four of 20 for 13 points. He was basically just a non-factor for a lot of the night. Um, he, had so, he had some big shots at, at the end against Orlando. But when your best score, your best available score is four of 20 in two games and you win both games of a road back-to-back and you're without Marcus, you're without PG, without Kawhi, uh, that that's, that's pretty impressive, no matter the level of competition that you're facing. So, you know, for them to do that. And then you look at guys like Amir coffee, 19 games, the last 19 games for Amir coffee. He's averaging 12 points, four rebounds, three assists, shooting 40% from three in that time. If you go even a little bit deeper and you just look at his last 10 games, he's averaging 15, four and three. Um, he's getting up almost six threes a game in that time, making 42% in his last 10 games. Amir is a guy, and I know we've talked about him ad nauseum here on, on this show, but like, man, they got it like you gotta ride that Amir wave as long as you can. And as far as as far as Luke Kennard's concerned, he came back from COVID protocols, and the first two games, he did not look like his legs were there, like his shot was not exactly really kind of showing up all that much. The Knicks game, it showed up a little, but it really came to light in the Washington and Orlando games. And if you look at just those last two games, Canard's averaging 21 points, six and a half rebounds, three and a half assists. He's obviously making a re- ridiculous 64% of his threes in just those two games. But, you know, Luke is now officially the Clippers all-time franchise leader in three-point percentage. He's he's a smidgen above J.J. Redick. And the one thing I will say about Luke is I feel like Luke has a little more off the dribble game than J.J. did, which I think probably... And at least in my opinion, makes him a little bit deadlier. Like, do do you kind of feel the same way?
0: Luke certainly has um, the ability to. Um, well, the 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 thing with Luke is that I think he's got a lot more off the dribble talent than he's shown. Um, I, I think they haven't utilized that as. Much. I think he's shown off a bit of it. Like, I don't think there's any question about it, and he, it, it's been more than JJ Redick. But I, I definitely think that. Um, he just has so much off the dribble game, than so much to contribute off the dribble that we haven't even seen yet. I and mean, the Clippers, just the way they play, they haven't. I don't think they require him to do too much of that. But he fully, he is fully capable of it. So, um, there are JJ Reddick, you know, similarities in there, um, but I think that he he's definitely like an upgrade over him. Like, let's not get that, you know, let's get that out that out of the way. Like, there's no, there's no question about it. I, I he was one of my X factors this year. Uh, along with Terrence Mann, just just as two guys who could be um, could be. Uh, I didn't think they could be third or fourth scores on this team. Um, I thought they were too young. The role is a big too big for them. But um, I think it, when you look at Amir Coffee, uh, definitely a guy who uh, has taken on that role as well. So it, it's kind of just been split up into into small chunks, which is what. Pretty much, we thought was going to happen. Not really, two guys taking on, um, you know that that third or fourth star, the third or fourth score kind of role, and being elevated to first or second. So, um, this team is is very is very deep and very talented. I think, like I've said before, I think people have to remember that this is a team that was again these are guys who are supposed to complement PG and Kawhi. Like that's the biggest thing here. That this team, when they lose a few games or when they don't look great. I mean, this team is supposed to be complementary players to Kawhi and PG. Like, they're good players on their own. And I think when you place them along those two guys, this team is a championship-caliber team. So, like, having to have these guys go out and, you know, say, Luke, we, we need you to go score 20, or, like, Amir, we need you to go score 20, like, that doesn't happen overnight. That doesn't happen over the course of a week or maybe over a month. Uh, but it, it, it's taken time, and I think when you factor in all the injuries they've had, uh, the COVID protocols they've had to deal with, the insane schedule they've had to deal with as well. Um, and then, you know, as a result of that, the ministry restriction that the training staff is telling Ty, he's got to, you know, be applied to some of these players. Like he's not able to coach a full rotation the way he wants. So I think when you consider everything, consider the guys like Luke Kennard and Terrence Mann and Amir Coffey are supposed to be, they're supposed to be role players, not supposed to be kind of stars of this team. Like they have been, um, I, th- I think you just take that. I know I kind of, you know, got sidetracked rambling, but I think you just take that, considering everything you've been through and everything you've seen this season.
1: They're six and four in their last ten, which feels like a major win, considering some of the teams that they're playing and considering how some of those games went. You know, um, oh, absolutely. Their next three, their final three of the road trip. By the way, they're three and two on this eight game road trip already. I can't believe there's already five games done. But their final three games are at Miami on Friday night. So if you're listening to this when it drops, it's it's tonight. Then they get uh Charlotte Sunday morning on the West Coast, Sunday afternoon on the east, and then a the, uh-huh. the final game of their trip is the uh the last game of a five and seven, which is on the road in Indiana on Monday night. And that 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 ends January for them. I can't believe January, the month of January is actually about to be over in a couple of days. It's it's really it's blowing my mind to be quite honest. So if they win one of these three games, they will have finished the road trip 500 or better. That is beyond a massive W at this point considering the level of competition that they played the guys that they've been without the way that these games have gone. Cause they could very easily be zero and 4 own five or excuse me, own five on this trip. You know, they lost the Denver game. They were down big to Philly. They didn't look good in the Knicks game. They were down massively to Washington and they, they were down quite a bit, a little bit early on to Orlando, like very easily could be 0 five. They also could very easily be four and one, or maybe even five and zero with a little more shot variation in the, in the Knicks game. But you're talking, like, that wild swing is crazy. So the factor three and two is something you desperately have to take. Their game tonight against Miami, um, the injury report came out. Kyle Lowry is out, and Jimmy Butler is is questionable. So if Jimmy doesn't play, I kind of think the Clippers have a, a decent, like, I, I'd say 50-50 chance, really. So... You know who? Who knows? I hope I hope Jimmy does play.
0: Jimmy didn't play the first time they were in L.A. I think he suffered an ankle sprain against the Lakers the night before. Uh, it was kind of Kyle Lowry who had that twenty. I want to say twenty two point fourth quarter. We kind of just lit and them up Bam had and that, made that it.
1: massive first quarter.
0: Yeah, it, Bam had a big first quarter, but Kyle Lowry kind of made it a game when it didn't need to be a game in the fourth quarter. Um, and so I guess like if if you look at it that way, like that's the only kind of. Um, thing you got to watch out for uh but if he doesn't play i mean and he's already been ruled out i know these 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 lineups these injuries can always be upgraded or downgraded but um, if lowry and, and butler are both out i mean that's you have to imagine the clippers like they have to win that game i don't think you can pass up that kind of opportunity like we there's been so many times this season where you know they've they've lost games they probably shouldn't have lost and uh you know, on the other hand, they've won games they really shouldn't have won when you look at some of these so um i, I would say if if both Lowry and Butler are out, you really have to capitalize on that. You guarantee yourself a a, a winning uh no is it winning How many games that I left
1: you guarantee this? yourself a, 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 at least a five hundred road trip if you beat miami
0: God i can't this road trip is flying by i've I've lost track this trip, it's going so quickly uh but yeah, you guarantee yourself at least a five hundred road trip um and you really put yourself in a great position, a great, great position for the rest of the season. So, um, yeah, just, just capitalize when you can. The they, Clippers really, really have to.
1: Marcus Morris is listed as out for personal reasons. Again, he's missing. This will be his third straight game missed with personal reasons. Um, he also missed the game in Denver due to personal reasons. Um, for those who don't know, a close childhood friend of his passed away. So, um, Marcus has been dealing with that. Uh personally wish Marcus all the best and 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 hope he's able to kind of, you know, take his time to grieve and then come back whenever he's ready. There's no rush. You know, family and friends are more important than a basketball game at this point. Um but beyond that, uh Justice Winslow, this will be Justice Winslow's first game back in Miami as a, like actively playing. So, it'd be interesting to see uh how he does and how he's how he's greeted by their fans and such. But we did ask Ty Lu after the game against Orlando, which was the Clippers' 50th game of the season. They're 25-25, and 25, and it was spelled out to tie. You've played 50 games. You've been without Kawhi Leonard for all 50 games. Marcus has missed 24 of the 50. PG's missed 24 of the 50. Nico's missed 20 of the 50. If you had told him at the beginning of the year that they were 500 through 50 games despite all that, what would he say? Do you remember what he said?
0: I'll take it. It's
1: exactly what he said.
0: Straight up, so I'll take it. And it's worth mentioning that it wasn't just it wasn't just a random question thrown out. There was a, a certain a certain person by the name of Justin who threw that question out there. So
1: Okay. Don't be so humble. I'm not trying to Don't be so humble. I'm not trying to do this flex, on um, flex on him. Um flex Okay, I'll I'll flex in a 2nd I'll flex in a second, okay. <laughs> um and to be honest, I I think you absolutely have to take that because they've had no continuity. They're getting saved by a mere coffee at this point. Like like no bullshit. They're getting saved by Amir Coffee. He's been their leading score in their last two games, okay? So like at this point, you're just you're just you're living on hopes and dreams at this point. And it's carrying them enough to get them to five hundred through fifty games. So it is what it is. I mean look,
0: we all we all rely on coffee to get through the day. Some just more than others. Okay? It
1: is what it is do you want me to brag about something real quick because i'll (laughs) brag go for it (laughs) special shout out to friend and family member brian seaman during the knicks game this past sunday a very early game mind you just so people understand on the west coast those games are at 10 a.m and we had to be up at 8 30 to do pregame um tomare was absent because he wanted to sleep in i respect it Anyways, um, <laughs> you said you're bragging and you're calling me out. What is this? <laughs> Welcome to life, baby. <laughs> I was told you were bragging
0: by yourself, not taking shots at me.
1: I I can do both. I'm both talented. Jeez. OK, now I know. Brian Seaman, during the second quarter, Reggie Jackson hits a shot. He calls him big government. And I'm laying in bed watching the game, covering the game. OK, because I'm a, a big time professional who lays in bed to cover games sometimes on the road. And he says, big government. I like my ears perked up. I was like, Oh, that's cool. Then he says my name. He says that I came up with it and that people should subscribe to my Patreon, blah, 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 blah. I need you to understand something. Brian Seaman is one of the nicest human beings you'll ever meet. Um, by far, like hands down, one of the nicest people, Brian, I can't thank you enough for the shout out. It meant the world to me. It it actually made my day. The dopamine rush I got uh, after that carried me into the night so i i really do appreciate it and the clippers ended up winning the next two games so i'm going to take credit for that i know they not lost the next game but we're going to call that the reset that was the big government reset and now you know think they're 2-0 since then
0: i mean that was that was a fantastic moment. i mean all i need brian to do now is just admit that george r brings a fantastic character that was wasted and we're good amen we're golden
1: amen Amen. For those who don't know, uh well, in the very beginning of this podcast, uh, uh since, since since I started doing it, one of the early episodes during the during the stoppage, during the pandemic, Brian Seaman was on and we talked Star Wars. Because Brian loves Star Wars. And Brian hates loves, Jar Jar Binks.
0: Love Star Wars.
1: Love Star Wars, hates Jar Jar. And what was the what was the game? Was it the was it the Indiana game?
0: It was the Indiana game, yeah, because Rick Carlisle took for, kind of forever to come out.
1: That's right, and we were talking about Star Wars. The whole entire media room,
0: as a well, went yeah, on, was, Rick Carlisle was... Yeah, sorry, I was just going to say, like, we basically, Rick Carlisle, you know, Tyler talked at 5.45, uh, came a little early, so we finished up earlier on 5.50, and then Rick Carlisle was supposed to show up at about 6 p.m., and um, so we all get to the media room probably around, I want to say, 5.52, 5.53, we're sitting there, we're chilling, um. So, somehow the topic of Star Wars comes up. I think we were talking about Book of Boba Fett is how it came up. Um. And Rick Carla ends up being like, I think Rick Carla was ends up like showing up at like six ten. He he was like ten minutes late, and we just went on and on about Star Wars and um, the new episode. And I was just like, I, I'm a big, I I I I love Jar Jar Binks. I think Jar Jar Binks is a fantastic character that they absolutely wasted. And Brian Seaman absolutely hates Jar Jar, who thinks that that was. The complete uh, it ruined the 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 sequel or the prequels or the sequels sequels um sequels to to the 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 first prequels are they the prequels no the prequels prequels. okay you're right yeah so they ruined the prequels is what is what his point was and um i just strongly disagree with that with you know I, i respect that opinion i just i just could not disagree more um jar jar had so much potential and they relegated him to just some some random-ass senator who, um, you know, I don't know, makes makes a vote that—I think you called it. I was, Jar Jar Binks had the deciding vote to make Cha- uh, Palpatine the chancellor, so I guess he did something.
1: Yeah, it wasn't the best of things, but it was something. Um, all right, anyways, folks, thank you for listening. Uh, Brian, we love you. I love you. We're going to debate Star Wars pretty soon again uh, with Brian because— I just think we need to tell Brian that he's wrong. That Jar Jar is amazing. So, look, three <laughs> games left. on the I might, the need, to do, I might need to
0: record an episode where I just dedicate it to like praising Jar Jar. You
1: know, you know what's funny is someone should have done the Photoshop edit of Jar Jar Binks as JJ Redick because you can get JJ Binks. No, Did you okay, just think, think about that. Yeah, it wasn't great. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not thrilled at how I came up with that, okay? Sometimes if you throw enough darts at the board, one of them is going to go, you yeah. know, crashing into the wall. You this know? is what and happens so. when the
0: podcast goes on too long.
1: Thanks. Um, yeah, I ramble, <laughs> as everyone knows. All right, everybody, we'll see you in a few days. Uh, three games left on the Clippers road trip. Once again, they play uh, tonight against Miami, Sunday afternoon-ish against Charlotte, and Monday night against Indiana. We will possibly try to be back uh for an episode on Monday which means we'll record Sunday. Uh if not, um what ends up happening actually is the Clippers after the Monday game when they come back from Indiana, they're off for 2 days. So we might end up just recording Monday night and having an episode for Tuesday. Uh just just to have that because their first game back is at home against the Lakers and that's a pretty big game considering standings, considering tiebreakers, state of the league, etc. so who knows. And and as as we found out today, Paul George is not an all-star starter, which is totally fine. No big deal about that. But we don't have any new update about PG. We don't know yet. We don't know anything. So the minute we know, we'll record and let you all know. Tomer, tell these people you love them so we can get the hell out of here and you can go eat dinner.
0: I actually love you guys. I hope you guys all can appreciate the greatness of Jar Jar Binks and the greatness of Justin Rousseau.
1: God, that's the best thing. That's the only good thing you've said all night. Take it easy, Amen. everyone.
0: But you, you better hope this episode's safe because I'm not saying anything like this again. Ooh <laughs>